0: I fully believe that the uh, assistant coach of the year, not, I mean, I think it was well-earned. And then, um, you know, I think defensively just having co-coordinators share responsibilities like that with what they were able to do, holding uh, Northern Iowa only to 238 total offensive yards. This is the splitting hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit illustrated. It's kind of an awkward, awkward end to an awkward year, you know,
1: and definitely an area that, if this team wants to get back to where they were and even take it a step further, reach that national championship game, win a national championship game, they have to play at a more consistent high level.
0: But I think football is a game of highs and lows and ebbs and flows, man. And it wasn't flowing for us on Saturday for whatever reason, because, I mean, which was even odder because the way we began the game, And I think, I'll tell you this, Matt, I am going to make a bold statement right now. Bold prediction. Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan.
1: Welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast. Uh, Matt Tollefson here with Jack Jackrabbit Illustrated. Kyle is with us this week. Kyle, how are you?
0: Uh, just licking some wounds, you know, I'm sure. I don't feel near as bad as a lot of the players, but... Like we've been talking, it's uh, it's kind of an awkward awkward end to an awkward year, you know. Yeah, I think uh, both you
1: and I. It was really kind of funny uh, after the game, or I guess as funny as it could be. We tweeted the about the same thing that this is just the end of a kind of weird season. You know, it started out back in August and. We were super hyped up at the University of Minnesota game. You and I on opposite ends of the field, uh, you know, batting down the row of the boats. And, uh, you know, how our, how our offense started out in that game, uh, just explosive and creative and uh, really had the Gophers on their heels and looked, looked like we were contenders. And then the season wraps up uh, against you and I where our offense looked about as boring and vanilla and stagnant, I guess, as it, as it can, uh, albeit against a very good University of Northern Iowa defense. So that's kind of the strange bookend of this season and a lot of weirdness in between.
0: Well put. I think football is a game of highs and lows and ebbs and flows, man, and it wasn't flowing for us on Saturday for whatever reason because, I mean, which was even odder because the way we began the game, like we were coming out the gate, we were hitting them on some good run plays, mixing in the pass. Um, you know, Adam Anderson, uh, I wanted to see him get going. Um, he was my player to watch uh, for this week. I, obviously I didn't jump on the pod last week, but I really felt like when he was a contributor in a lot of the games that we had won previously, it just added another element to kind of keep the defense honest. Um, he did have a he was one of the bright spots. It was good to see it for a senior to go out the way he did as far as uh, being able to hold his head high, which all the seniors man nod to them uh, should be able to hold their heads high. Just really couldn't establish anything on the ground. You know, the uh, UNI uh, defense held us to 53 yards rushing, you know, and that's not going to get it done. And And I think, you know, it was great that you mentioned the Minnesota game to start the year as we'll kind of do a kind of a broad recap, but I think we won the battle of the line of scrimmage in that game. And you look at all our wins, we control the line of scrimmage in those games. And I think, uh, you know, as far as, I guess, maybe grading the offensive line, what, what would you grade them, Matt, if you're looking at it uh, from a bird's eye view? What, what would you say, like a, a through F, obviously A being great, where would you kind of rank them?
1: Sorry, I'm battling a little bit of a chest cold right now. So, uh,
0: yeah. The <laughs> I give you, I gave you a C for that one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think honestly, that's right where the offensive line is going to grade as well is right, right around the C. Yeah. Uh, there's games where they were a plus. You know, I think about the first U and I game where the offense really had their yeah, way. No um, I think about the University of Minnesota game where uh, Aaron Johnson k- shut down. Defensive end Blake Cashman, yeah, um, for the Gophers, uh, and I think about um, other games. You know, looking at uh, Youngstown, looking at NDSU, looking at Illinois State, where they really struggled. So I think a C is is kind of a perfect a, a perfect spot, um, and definitely an area that if this team wants to get back to where they were and even take it a step further, reach that national championship game win a national championship
0: game they have to play at a more consistent high level yeah every everything from holding penalties to technique to alignment and demeanor when you're gonna pull making every play look uniform and uh from an offensive line perspective and then the games went where they they were dialed and locked in you see what happens because the game is won and lost in the trenches. It just is. And yeah. you look at on the flip side, you know, what our defensive line was able to do when they're asserting their will, it's just, it's a telltale sign of how you're going to get wins in the Valley and then at the FCS level as a whole, and maybe eke out a win against uh, FBS competition as well. So, yeah. well,
1: and, um, and, and, and with that, you know, losing, losing this year, two key pieces, we have uh, Matt Clark, who, who really surprised me this year. Um, It's not, it can't be easy being away from football for two years and coming back and playing at the level he did. I thought he was our best offensive lineman of the year personally. Yep. yep. And I think, um, and I wrote this in the blog, he, he improved every week. I thought, you know, I think he was definitely rusty at the start of the year. um, But by the end of the year, he was back to being that all American caliber guard that we had, Kind of seen in his first two years in the program so that was uh good to see um and evan greenway graduates as well um he's been our left tackle for two years uh i think in my opinion he had a better junior campaign than he had this year but that's again just a you know a, a, a one watch kind of review so yeah
0: yeah i thought what he was just kind of quietly consistent sorry i think we got
1: yeah dropped. no no you're all right um what
0: about you, Kyle? I mean, you you uh, were going to look at tight ends. Yeah, you know, I thought that that was probably the most uh, disheartening for a former tight end. I think obviously a lot of things didn't bounce our way as far as getting bitten by the injury bug with Hines going down. You know, that was a pretty gruesome injury and he was kind of just starting to hit a stride, you know, obviously very green, but really showing what he could do uh, to contribute athletically and then physically, you know, obviously on plays where he's attached. Just being another added element because Cal Hart, I mean, he was consistent, but he was what we thought he was going to be, which is obviously contribute, you know, here and there in the pass game. And then definitely be a force on the line of scrimmage, just helping our run game be that three headed monster that we all thought it was going to be. And then, you know, as you saw, like in the UNI game, when when he's called on to maybe do some things athletically, like run a, you know, a deep flag route down the field and, and, uh, Heidi's kind of going through his progression. I I probably wouldn't have gone to him there, which was the one pick that Heidi threw. Um, just knowing your personnel, knowing the situation and not trying to do too much with it, but, um, but again, yeah, I think, I think, uh, Cal did a great job this year. I thought he was really solid staple for us when, when some of the other guys whose numbers were called kind of surprised me. Um, I, they looked. I mean, like they were really sophomore slumping and, you know, um, talking with some of the coaches, it kind of seems like um, that wasn't something that they maybe foresaw either. So I guess, they're, you know, they'll just have to do some soul searching, obviously. I mean, they all seem like great kids still. There's nothing, you know, this is not a character knock on them, but they just going to need to figure out how good they want to be. I mean, that's every player on the team, right? Like how good do you want to be? Like you, you saw what was in front of you, right? Like top three national ranking when everybody – he's relatively healthy going in playing NDSU. Everybody's banged up a little bit here and there, but then, you know, you, you can see what's at your fingertips there. So yeah, it was just a little disheartening. I would grade, uh, I would grade the tight end groups. Maybe I think Cal keeps it at a C, C plus, but, um, overall just kind (laughs) of, kind of sad. Yeah. Like, you know, someone kicked my dog or something. (laughs) Yeah, I,
1: I'd agree. Um, you know, the, the second year tight end uh, that everyone expected to really jump, Blake Coons was was amazing as a true freshman. Right, uh, and you know he's the player we've told his story a bunch of times. Was at just a camp, kind of on a whim, uh, hadn't really played organized football since middle school. Stood out, got a scholarship, played his senior year, was awesome. Uh, it's it's uh, it's too bad. So hopefully he dedicates himself. Uh, this spring to to really taking that next step and getting back on that trajectory we saw freshman year, you know, um, Skyler Cavanaugh, you know, was a true freshman that played Dallas Goddard senior year and really looked like he was going to be the heir apparent to Dallas. Uh, hasn't taken that step. So um, we'll we'll see. Caleb Schaaf is another one that's going to be a junior next year already. And yeah. so, um, you know, just one of those guys has to take a step. It'll be nice having Hines back. Um, I mean, he was such a weapon early in the season. I'd I'd really expect uh, the true freshman uh, from Timberlake, Tucker Craft, to take a step or to, to be a be a weapon next year. He's a tremendous athlete. So right, yeah, yeah. That's the 2019 tight ends though for us right now. Right,
0: and and you know, I'm glad you brought Skyler up because I mean, I, I'm I guess I'm just shocked at the underclassmen. Like maybe you're so green you don't you don't know what you don't know, and you just go out there and. And uh, set the world on fire because you're playing free and loose, but I mean, hopefully it's not something where they they're shying away from internal competition within the position group. Um, you know, that, obviously that's me speculating because I'm not there to get a pulse on the day to day, but. They got to rise up, and they got to they got to cherish that competition, man. They got to push themselves to get better um, because we really need it. The, the The Jacks offense is so much more fluid. You can involve a tight end. You don't even yep. have to beat Dallas Goddard, right? We're not we're not asking them to be him reincarnated out there. But w- what we are asking them to do is to catch the ball when it hits you in the hands, yep. to secure it, to get upfield, into uh, to enjoy and crave and relish blocking when you're attached or blocking when you're out on the perimeter.
1: So I'll take a look at the wide receiver group for, for this year. And, you know, this, this group, um, you know, you look at Jackson, you look at Cade, you look at Adam, and you look at Dion, were really our four primary weapons this year. Uh, you know, we saw uh, Jaden Yankee at, at times. Uh, we saw very little of Jacob Brown this year. Uh, and, we, and we didn't really see Michael Wanmaker before he departed the team. And so uh, that's that's kind of – that, that those were the players um, this year at the wide receiver position, uh, really kind of a three-headed monster for us. And, you know, I, with Cade likely challenging for All-American honors this year, you know, with three different quarterbacks that were throwing passes, he really didn't miss a beat. Um, his touchdown numbers are down a little bit – or down significantly from the year before. I think he had 17 – uh, in 2018 and i think at eight or nine for this year um but he just showed again how dangerous he is in the open field um adam we're, i think we're gonna miss him he was reliable uh tremendous route runner tremendous hands um maybe not the fastest guy but he found a way to get open and, and very really was a, a good leader yeah um and then jackson uh flashed at times in the year uh we saw his physicality, that that uh, tunnel screen, right or bubble screen, whatever yep. you want to call it, both um, against yeah. Youngstown, where the where the announcers lost their mind, uh, is a play that's going to stick with me, uh, just because it was pretty dang funny. Yeah. And so I think those three, um, plus the limited contributions that Dion gave us this year, uh, probably um, B plus A minus range. I think uh, I think. You know, some of the fumbles and ball security issues, uh, you know, definitely hurt. I think maybe uh, the continuous change at quarterback uh, or not continuous, but having three different quarterbacks the course of a season isn't easy, easy either. So I'm going to say B plus on this group.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I had him in the B range as well. I'm going to give them uh, I'm going to give him a B minus uh, simply because, you know, you can't win if you don't possess the ball. So we're gonna we're gonna need to you know secure the ball, and that's that's not just on them. That's on the offensive line, the running backs, whoever's in the game to secure it and to do one their one eleventh. I do think that Kate is you know Swiss Army knife. His efforts high, his motors high, his leadership is there. Um, he was born to play the game. So it'll be good to still see what he can do to challenge himself to find his ceiling, um, because I still. I still think that there's more to find and he, and he plays with that kind of hunger. So that'll be good. I agree with your assessment on Adam and uh, in, in Yankee, man, uh, Jackson is an athletic presence out there on the field. Um, Maybe he'll need to watch the little giants or something. I don't know if he was even born when that came out, but uh, no, they they, they (laughs) were in the uh, elbow creases. Don't ever wear a sleeve again on the field. And uh, I don't know, man, it just happens sometimes, you know, you don't, He's probably a great kid. He didn't want to put the ball on the ground, but he no. just got the yips. You know, it's like it happens yep. to the best athletes out there. I mean, we're twin, you know, the Jacks are in twins territory. Chuck Knobloch, for any of the listeners out there, I'm sure yeah. there are some fans that know that, that yep. name, couldn't throw the ball to second or to first base. Dude was, a, you know, a very solid player, but couldn't do it. So sometimes that those things just happen and creep up on you. Yep. I really would have liked to see. Just some tinkering done, you know, not not coming down on the coaches because they have a better pulse, but there's some tinkering done with some rotations. Maybe, you know, for the life of me, really don't understand why a senior wasn't maybe getting a little bit more look at playing time out there. But, you know, Coach Arnheim has played the position himself. He knows what he's doing and he's with them. On a regular basis so i'm sure he has a feel i'm sure he's coordinating with coach eck and then we have you know it's probably a good segue um if you're good with it matt but into the running backs because when you have the talent you do back there you're going to try to get them the touches they need feeding that three-headed monster back there was something that the offense uh and the staff was going to put an emphasis on so not possessing the kind of athletic ability um, pierre has <laughs> it's kind of tough for, I feel like anybody, if they're being completely honest, to grade someone who has that kind of skill set. But um, you know, I think as a whole, I think we have. Uh, I would. I'm going to give him a B plus overall, and that's just the running backs because I think that they didn't really get to showcase everything with the injury bug. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mikey played outstanding for for what he was asked to do. Um, shows his shiftiness, Shows his his heart. His ability to push the pile, you know, his ability in the past game when called upon. Uh, I thought he did some really nice things. I thought he had a good senior year. Um, I'm going to miss watching him. Obviously, being able to coach him for the short time I did was was awesome and seeing how he developed. Um, so, uh, and then the next one would be CJ. Obviously, his, his shift, his, his swivel, um, his explosiveness was just great. Uh, I think that it would have been nice to see him get going against UNI. I'm not really sure. I think, again, the trenches, maybe there's a bit too much penetration. Um, some things, he just wasn't able to find that crease like he had uh, previously. And, you know, he's coming coming in cold without yeah. uh, having touched the ball in a while. So there was that. But I think overall this year, I think he did a really nice job as well. And, and it'll be great to see him take another step, hopefully come back, be healthy, um, and then we got some of that youth to look forward to in the backfield too, where we didn't have to burn some shirts. Um, so mm-hmm. um, it'll be great.
1: Yeah. The, you know, with the running backs, you know, with the spe- we, we talked about the creativity at the university of Minnesota game and I, I was so happy to see that diamond formation around Jabore uh, with, with sellers uh, Pierre and CJ around him. And I'm so disappointed we never saw that formation again because having having such high-quality running backs on the field um, like that with, just gives the offense so many options. And then, you know, Pierre really impressed me this year with his pass-catching ability. He looks like a natural pass-catcher out there. Um, and I believe he ended finished the season with 14 catches, um, which, you know, it doesn't... It isn't crazy by any means, but still, it's a good number for for a back. And we don't traditionally um, throw a ton of passes outside of swing passes, which we didn't see much this year. Uh, so I'd really like to see Pierre and CJ on the field at the same time in spurts next year, um, just because it really stresses the defense on what's coming at them. I think
0: definitely, and I think the the packages obviously either condensed or were limited, given that we only had maybe five months with Keaton on yeah. campus and. And obviously, given the skill set that Cannon possessed as well. So, I mean, I think overall, uh, you know, the coaches just tried to play within, um, you know, within the frame of what we were trying to trying to do and trying to attack. So I think, you know, you'll see, uh, I think, necessary wrinkles um, coming up that that'll involve like even Deion Campbell, getting him onto the field a bit more in packages. Um, you know, you, you also, you don't want one trick ponies out there. So guys are really going to have to work hard to evolve their game uh, yep. in an effort to get more PT and and to force the coach's hand. Like, you know, I mean, how I, you and I kind of thought Jackson and Jaden, uh, had some ability and we're, we're probably going to be contributors to some degree this year, but I mean, Jackson was a, a, a fixture uh, at wide receiver. So, yep. you know, we just got to other guys got to up that ante like that, and then you know make sure the coaches can't deny you. So, yep. um, that's the uh, that's the running backs I would like to address. The fullback, yeah, talk to about him, Luke Sellers, man. Um, he he gets an A because there's a lot of times he made the play right um, when there really wasn't anything there. Um, blitz pick up, run blocking. He even got a touchdown uh, to his name. Uh, against the, some, I can't remember who it was against, you know, I'm not going to utter that USD. Name. Yep. USD. Well, well, I knew it, but I just didn't want to speak that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I didn't get a chance to play him. So I got to actually pretend that there's hatred there, but there we not even on our level then. So um, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, you know, so basically I think that, you know, playing a very uh, unglamorous position, he was able to kind of create some excitement around it and he just, uh, good kid. When I got a chance to meet him, shake his hand, he firm handshake, looked me in the eye. He's, uh, he's a guy that TJ Carlson, who's a good friend of mine, really uh, really r- values and appreciates who he is and his character. And I think that that, you know, that bodes well, because he was elected, you know, a captain and did a lot of good things um, to just lead by example and just show up every day with his lunch bill. So I, I hope he and Mikey get another shot at the next level. I think they both, should go in as fullbacks. Um yep. so we'll see.
1: Yep. Good. All right. So that leaves quarterback then. And I am gonna actually give uh the quarterback position an incomplete for this season. And I know that's kind of a cop out, but um we saw half a season basically from Keaton and half a season from Jabore. And while there were a lot of uh, really good things that we can, that we can cheer and, and look for, um, you know, that we also saw mistakes at crucial times, um, from, from both of them. And so again, I'm going to give them an incomplete. We just didn't see enough. Um, but I think that quarterback competition next July is, um, really going to be an interesting one. yeah. Um, we, I, I mean, that.
0: yeah, I don't disagree. I, I actually kind of like your incomplete grade. I think it makes sense. It's logical and, you know, thought out. I, I think that, I you know, was Easton Stick, he was a redshirt freshman, correct, when Carson went down? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, that is a significant difference, right? So, he had his whole redshirt year. He had a year in the weight room. He had a year in the scheme of the program offensively in the culture as a whole. And then he had over half a season – three quarters of the season before Wentz got hurt and he's, you know, got a nice cushion. All he has to really do is get the keys and not mess it up. Completely different scenario here with Keaton where we're fighting for not only playoffs, but a seed. He's a true freshman. Yeah, he's won some football and we recruit guys expecting them to not be wide eyed coming into the game. But that's a lot easier said than done, man. The dude was at his senior prom. You know, he probably just started shave. I don't even think he shaves. Yet. <laughs> that's not a knock on him. That's just like you got that much time to become a man, you know, so yeah. relish yep. it because I'm gonna have a full head of gray hair by the time he shaves, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, No, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think that he did a really, really nice job. Um, I mean, I think I, he did better. I had no expectation because I tried not to get myself disappointed um, at the quality of the defense. We had all the skill on offense, you know, the hype that we had on special teams. And then, you know, to see what he did, I was really proud of him. I, I would grade him, given the nature of the, of the situation, maybe a C plus B minus. I would sure. say Jabori the incomplete because man, like who knows, you know, and yeah. I, I hate that, but who knows? It is kind of, it is kind of fun to think like what would this iteration of the Jacks have been? But uh, yeah. you now you've heard me say it before. If, if some butts were candies and nuts, we'd all be fat and merry.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. So let's uh, flip over to the other side of the ball and talk about defense um Kyle you're you're a man of the trenches do you want to talk about the defensive line
0: sure you know I think my biggest surprise and the in in the biggest step forward this year uh you know the interior is where you need to get it done and we did that and I'll touch on that but the biggest surprise for me was Reese Winkleman now it's not that I didn't think he would do a great job it's that I was impressed at his production you know in the things that he was able to do against Minnesota and how how his burst off the line and his motor, man! Like you, you kind of thought at the beginning of the year, Matt. So I should tip my cap to you. You, you really did think that he was going to do pretty much what he did, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's. I thought he flashed last year, and I couldn't understand why he wasn't playing more last year. So,
0: yeah, I did see yep. him flash as well, but I, I'm glad that he was able to kind of bookend it with. Aerith on the other side or or even taking reps uh spelling him and then having yep. or, or being opposite of quentin you know quentin i think just added a completely other element um as far as just being that pass rush specialist yeah. and then getting even more and more play um you know not just in passing situations as the year progressed when we realized like hey he's too good to to keep on the sideline um yeah and then Oof, where do we begin on the interior? I'm going to start with Caleb Sanders. What he was able to do, just wreaking havoc, even looking at you know, his penetration on some of the short yard situations from the end zone shots against UNI in this playoff game, just an absolute bully, man. Like, I don't really think that he was consistently blocked throughout every any game this year. Um, you know, you can say the same a lot about Xavier Ward at times as well. And, um, man, it's just – Hildall did well. I would like, I mean, I I don't think Crockpot was necessarily back to full form, but I mean, Mm -hmm. that's kind of expected given that the injury that he had and then having the, all the weight that's, that's on you in the trenches. Um, I was just really pleased with them. You know, it allowed the linebackers to, to free flow and do a lot of things that they wanted to get done. And the sack totals for the year looked really nice with 36 overall. I think that's a credit to them. Yep. Um, 36 as a defensive unit that is. And, you know, a lot of those picks that we got too. I think we had almost a pick in every single game this year. So, yep, yep. um, 19 of 20 games dating back all the way to 2018. So that that's a testament to the DBs, but surely the pressure we're getting on the quarterback too. I'm going to grade them, uh, B plus a minus a minus just B plus, just because we didn't get a title, but yeah, that's a pretty solid, Solid effort.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm going to go A. This is one unit that's getting an A for me. Okay. Um, you know, defensive end, uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of the guys that I love. Um, I think Tolu uh, really started to develop into a complete defensive end this yeah, sure. year. Um, you know, coaches have talked about him pound for pound being one of the strongest players on the team. And, it really uh, showed late in the year, too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think a player whose season was cut short due to a, a foot injury, I believe, uh, Cade Tervere, really showed some things in early in the season, uh, showed some toughness and nastiness. And so I, I really like that. Um, and hopefully he heals and gets back. Um, and then I think you you talked about him, but I got to talk about him. Um, Quentin Hicks, just really this year, I, th- I mean – coaches kept saying this kid's really good we love this kid um you know but we'll see once the once the pads come on once the games start and then it just became like you said you couldn't keep him off the field and we have not had a pure pass rusher like him or, or someone or someone
0: like him that's since, da- since danny, danny that. maybe maybe tony tony thompson antonio thompson who i played with he was a pretty darn good pass rusher he yeah, had I think that bend d- It'd but be Danny, man, wouldn't it? And I think I Danny I think Danny, see, Danny was just a good football player. Sure, I'm not sure. so sure he was a pure pass rusher. Danny sure. had a motor that like I've never I've never played with anybody with a motor better than it. Jimmy, maybe, but just didn't just lacked obviously the yeah, yeah, the, some of the tools. But um, but yeah, I don't honestly I haven't seen a guy rush the passer like Quentin. He's got more he's got more something. I don't know what what it is. Maybe he's got more twitch. I'm not sure. Yeah, but and but it told Tolu could be that, I think like not not necessarily is is um, what's the word I want to use a fluid maybe, but he definitely has the bend and the strength to become that next force, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, that's just a whole group Um, next year, you know, looking at it um, and we'll do previews later. But, um, you know, Jared DePriest was one of the top recruits in this in the 20 uh 19 class and he didn't play a single rep this fall because of his 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 knee injury suffered in basketball his senior year um ryan van Marle, uh top recruit from a few years ago out of sheldon iowa and he has he he played sparingly this year um and then we're bringing in uh one of our best you know a three-star recruit that had offers from everyone in the mac in wyoming uh, Brandon Lane is, is going to be on yep. the interior challenging for reps. So, um, it's really, I mean, goodness gracious, this chain
0: gang that they're building up is,
1: it's is special, tremendous.
0: <laughs> that They they get, they realize where they need to win and that's, yeah. that's what you got to do. And, and, you know, I'd be remiss double nickel. We got to talk about him five, five. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry cough medicine no it's uh, all good man but he stacker you know. i love stacker he's one of yeah, our yeah stacker players, was man. holding it down man did a good job as well
1: yeah yeah all right um i'll tackle tackle linebackers here uh obviously roseboom we're get we got to start there you know Who? one of the <laughs> christian roseboom one of the there greatest jackrabbit players uh of uh you know i think of that I can remember. He's, he's I would say all time. He's yeah. one of the greatest of all time. God, <laughs> Yeah. Is. And I, I think, um, Sodak skinny fat tweeted something about that. Um, you know, probably the greatest Jack Garrett player of all time. And, and I said, how lucky are we that in the fat last five years, we've had, had to have this debate or got to say that, you know, it's just been such a credit to the coaches and recruiting and all that player development that every year we have that discussion of, is this one of the greatest players of all
0: time or is this the greatest player of all time? Uh, I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? And so that's what yeah. I hope the fan base gets to. It's like, we're not, Oh shoot, Christian Rose. I mean, it is going to be a bummer. He's gone just because of, you know, you develop relationships and attachments and, and bonds with these, these kids who are busting their tails week in and week, week out for five years. But the thing is, it's like, it doesn't stop, right? It's a legacy that you pass on and, The way he played the game is going to up the ante right it's going to raise that floor like we talked about for the guys coming in to know that the this is the floor right so our best is what we expect your floor to be now go find a brand new ceiling so that's that was awesome to just be able to watch him do that
1: yep definitely um and roseboom you know was flanked by uh seven wilson and logan bacchus the barracuda uh for this year Levi Brown was that fourth backer. Um, Kinzer Madison and Preston Tetzloff came in. Uh, middle and goal line situations, short yarded situations, and played uh, a couple freshmen. Graham Spalding, uh, Adam Bach, and Peyton Schaefer um, played limited reps, true, true freshmen. Um, Peyton Schaefer actually did play in enough games to lose his red shirt, so he'll be a sophomore next year. Um, but that was kind of the linebacker group. Um, I think Logan Backus, we've talked about it, you know, the, the B teams talked about it, everyone, I mean, he just was awesome this year. He, uh, there's no other way to put it. I think, you know, he was honorable mention all Valley. I talked about it last week. Uh, that's a joke in my opinion. Um, he, he just was tremendous at making plays, wreaking havoc, turnovers, um, bringing energy. I mean, he brings so much energy to the field. Um, and seven Wilson then just is reliable, you know, he's undersized, uh, but man, he plays
0: big. Yeah. I, I mean, couldn't have put it any better as far as seven, uh, just showing up in, in, with, with this serious presence that is quite, quite large, you know, and just being in the right position. Um, he could probably take a step in that, that department a couple times, I think like just taking the air out of the play or just maybe reading the play a, a step sooner just because of that lack in stride length and stride frequency and all that. But uh, I think that um, you, you hit the nail on the head with Bacchus. I think that the fact that there is such great defense being played in the Valley um, and having to put up other world stats in order to get, you know, the second team or the first team was going to be a tall task for him. But I mean, turn on the tape. Everybody knows, I think that that he's just a pure playmaker um, his intelligence, you know, the coaches rave about it. We've talked about it. Um, I think Lindy or one of the one of the the faithful on Twitter uh, call him Weapon X. I think that's yeah. a good nickname. I like yeah him yeah. ball hawk. I mean, pick your pick your adjective, pick your superlative that you want to give him. He just takes it away. So, um, yeah, you know, it'd be interesting. I hope he uh, he really seems like a guy who will do all he can to take the next step. I hope he gets stronger. I think that that'll maybe help him. Uh, do some things. He's definitely got the athleticism and then the knowledge for the game. Yep. But maybe if he gets a little bit more physical in the weight room, um, can just play with some pop. You know, you always got to find some some ways to try to get better. I'm sure he'll he'll dial those in with Coach Rogers. And then, um, you know, who's going to be in the middle? I think Tetzloff got some good play this year. Fully confident in his work ethic and his ability to take some steps. Um, mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see the how how that whole complexion takes shape and. I'm confident Logan and seven will definitely rise up to be the leaders that they need to be. Yeah. I'll make my prediction. Now I'm going to call my shot here. Um, So
1: Logan's moving to the middle and Levi and seven will flank him. And uh, you know, with Levi, you know, I am giving the group an a this year. Yeah. Um, And I think if Levi can stay healthy um, it's an a plus because he brings such a different dimension with his length size, size and speed um, you saw that when he was healthy and and in covering guys uh he's a pain in the butt as a guy that can run you know a low four six uh to a high four five forty and he's six four um and big yeah you know <laughs> so i mean if he if he can just stay healthy and put it all together uh, the sky is the limit for that guy Oh, it's i'm just, i'm just like he's just oozing in talent so He's a junior next year and uh, it's, it's the year to put it all together.
0: Definitely. And that's going to be, that's going to be a good look. I think moving, moving back is to the middle. If it happens, I I'd like to see him put on some weight if that's the case, just so he can take on some more of the, sure. The, the punishment that'll start to take its toll. Um, But I think he does have the physicality for it. I mean, he shows when he's spilling plays or disrupting things in the backfield, just screaming off the edge. I mean, he's, He's, he's physical and violent at the point of contact. That would be cool to see, uh, that shift. Cause yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you put, you put your best players on the field, right? Levi yep. obviously has that ability to get out in space. You don't always need to put a nickel, nickel back in, um, when he's got the length can play with some of the more mobile athletic tight ends that you, you kind of do see in the Valley, you know, um, yep. definitely with North Dakota state. Cause they, they like to run them in, in droves, um, which is something I'd like to see us get to, I mean, football, no matter what scheme you have. I mean, I think that there's some, some elements that you got to do. You got to be able to run the football. You do need to have an intermediate passing game where you can keep the defense honest. I think I tweeted about it this past weekend, um, which the Jacks when they're at their best, they run the football, they sprinkle in the pass and then they have a deep threat, right? Mm -hmm. And then they play good defense that's football. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, great, great things coming at the linebacker position. Yeah. Do you want to talk about safeties or corners? We can just sprinkle them all together, the defensive back. Sure. Um, Sounds good. I like what I saw him in uh, out of Chase Norblade, to be honest. He's kind of my sleeper in the secondary to watch um, evolve and develop. He's mm-hmm. burst, his physicality, just kind of the way he flies around back there. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I'm still not even sure his helmet made contact with the um, defenseless player. Uh, against you and I, but uh, you know, you just got to play with a little lower pad level. And sometimes that happens as, as the games go on uh, for those who didn't see, he got kind of got tossed, which is really hard uh, to have your season end that way. But um, I think if that rule would have been around, I might've gotten tossed a couple times too, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, man. So he's one to watch. Um, and then on the edge, I'll just talk about uh, a guy that I thought did an unbelievable job. And I kind of had some question marks um, just kind of, I guess again some of the talent that we saw emerge over the years through uh, through Bateman, but um, uh, Gardner uh, did a great job this year. I thought.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it's funny. Cause you know, last spring I talked to the coaches after spring ball and every one of them said that, that Don Gardner had the best spring. And he's like a completely different player. And you know, I've talked about this, written about it. Uh, Don, You know, had a a really good special teams season last year, but in his his limited reps at cornerback, kind of struggled. So it was really kind of an unknown if he'd be able to make that transition, uh, especially with Marshawn being hurt, with Zai leaving the team. And, you know, and he totally answered the call my my goodness You're like what a good good season for a cornerback and the jacks have
0: had some really nice ones uh, really over was. the years and it it kind of surprised me too because sometimes you know when you when you have guys who face the challenge that he did early you they kind of they can they can go into a hole right mm-hmm. and their confidence can get rattled and it can really set them up for disaster moving throughout the season just cuz they they when doubt creeps in in any athlete it's a killer, man. So I'm glad, you know, for, for a guy who didn't really have quite as many reps um, coming into the year as as um, maybe he would have liked to then take that next step this year and get, get the, create the turnovers, be physical at the point of contact. I really like how his tackling evolved throughout the year. And then, yeah. and then obviously the takeaways and then housing them when he gets those opportunities, that was so clutch and so mm-hmm. good for the defense. And it turned the tide of a lot of the games this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, Youngstown, you know, we don't win that game without his pick six. And Youngstown same against you and I.
0: Sure. I think that Tolu's strip sack or strip yeah. tackle um, yep. was really the pivotal play that kind of allowed us to, you know, open the floodgates against them in, in yep. round one. So, yep. You know, other
1: players in the secondary that impressed me uh, two true freshmen, Diamond Evans and Jordan Gandy, uh, played a go. lot. And Diamond is just a physical freak that, that, was way beyond his years. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Gales, uh, you know, a, a converted quarterback that had never really played defense before stepping foot on the field at SDSU. Um, I mean, he started at Minnesota
0: in week one, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'll tell you this, Matt, I'm going to make a bold statement right now, bold prediction. I think diamond Evans probably, and we've had some good ones now, Cole Brody, Tyler Cook, I'm gonna say that he might be one of the best DBs, uh, corners to wear blue and yellow before it's all said and done. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, we got Winston, right? Jordan Brown. You got to throw you know, in that. Forgot I forgot. I yeah, yeah. well,
0: How could I forget them?
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be. Uh. That'll be fun to watch. Um. But he has
0: all the physical tools, and he seems to love the game. So I'm excited for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was just born to play it. You know, just like. Yeah. Like, some people are born to to hunt, to fish, to, you know, whatever their calling is. And I think that, you know, he he's a competitor. He rises up. So, yeah. we'll see. And then uh, the other player, got to
1: mention, Marshawn, who played the last three weeks. Yep. And
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he allowed a completion in the three weeks he played. Well, yeah, you know, that was pretty remarkable to see him return to form um, and just really be locked down. And, and I, I don't think we – I think, you know, as just general fans and, and, you know, aficionados of the game, it's like we were so focused on the things that we, we were kind of nervous about, like our offensive production and how the quarterback mm-hmm. play was going to be and if we could protect them that we kind of took the defense that we had for granted because it was so dang good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and then finally, uh, the, the, the last cornerback in that group is Malik Lofton. Um, you know, he, he battled injuries again this year. Um, he's one you'd really like to see stay healthy and just really compete. Um, I think as a as a nickelback or slot cornerback, he he's someone that has a ton of talent um, that we can really use going forward. So overall, the cornerback group, um, I'm gonna give uh, a high B, a high B to a low A. I think they were really good this year. So
0: yeah, um, I, I like that. I would echo that probably. Yeah, and and for
1: safeties, you know, you mentioned Norblade. Um, but Michael Griffin and Jake, uh, Manchigaya, Josh Manchigaya, Josh Manchigaya um, the barracuda. yeah. And, uh, you know, the, um, uh, Jeepers, uh, Tyler Demartra. So those were really our four main safeties this year that rotated through, uh, Jerick Berg played a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, that's our,
0: that's our group. Yeah. I so, thought, thought Manchagaya played real heady. You know, he's a smart player. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to uh, see him get in the weight room, um, really get get into uh, to the playbook and things like that and and uh, see how he can take in the next step, because um, mm-hmm. I think he definitely has the talents and that'll be the desire. Like, and, and I'm not questioning his desire. I'm just interested to see where his ceiling is, just like a lot of these players. But um, thought he did some really nice things um, with his smarts and his athletic ability through the year. Um, I'd also like to see him not to have to be as involved in the run game as, as he was at certain points. Um, so we can do a lot better job as a whole uh, there for him. But, um, you know, there's him and then Michael Griffin. I thought he did a good job. You know, he, he had a pick again uh, in this past game. So that was really clutch. And and he uh, did a great job of taking the ball away throughout the course of the year. I think he had a fumble recovery against uh, Indiana State. He also had some picks in other contests. So Mm -hmm. always nice to see when when you're able to create some of that momentum, um, like from this year and see if that can carry.
1: Yep, definitely. So. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a rundown of the offense and defense Uh, special teams for me. Um, you know, looking at Chase's kicking and dinkles punting and snapping of Sorensen, the return game. Um, I'm gonna give it a C this year. Uh the fumbles in the return game certainly hurt. The the missed extra points, missed field goals hurt. Um what what's keeping that from being even lower is Dingle. the tro- is the ding is Dinkle, <laughs> the dinkle <Yep. laughs> is dinkle, dinkle and the tremendous uh coverage on both kick kickoff and Punt coverage. I mean, nothing. There was no daylight on any returns this year, and it was that's just unbelievable to sustain that level of success uh, throughout an entire season. So,
0: you're right, and you know, I'm going to be harsher just because I, you know, I played a lot on special teams, and it's one of the things where you kind of are a head scratcher because it didn't look in a lot of ways. It looked exactly like special teams I, I was accustomed to when when we were when I was there, and then. And then I was just like, what? <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so I think that the operation kicking wise, as far as that goes, uh, can be cleaned up. It was uh, very confusing um, that, that I think our special teams is indicative of our season as a whole. If you really boil it down, just odd, right? Like Minnesota, Cade House is one. Kind of a ticky tack call, but mm-hmm. it was a call that that you could call because they called it. So, yep. um, just penalties. And then the ball security was really odd. Um, maybe, you know, leaving certain guys out there a little too long. Um, you know, you can second guess all you want, but bottom line, the players got to execute. Right. So we just need to execute better in the offseason. Guys don't need to try to do too much. Um, I would love to see us catch punts, fair catch punts, too. It's okay to fair catch a punt and trust your D and play the field position game and rely on your O to move the ball. That's my little, there you just, go. I guess, frustrated <laughs> point there. But um, other than that, you know, I thought Dinkle did a phenomenal job flipping the field. Who knows how some of those games would have turned out otherwise. Our kick mm-hmm. coverage was excellent, phenomenal on punt and uh, and kickoff uh, as a whole, too. So, I mean... They did a great job, both from and and Vinny on kickoff, I believe. Yep, agreed. So, but we have to convert on some of those field goals. Yeah, totally. Just have to. I think that uh, that could be uh, indicative of maybe one or two more wins at minimum.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, this 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 week uh, the playoff game. You know, we had the blocked the blocked field goal attempt. So, yeah, yeah. It- <laughs> Yep. It just, it it showed itself right there. So, uh, with that, that's our, that's our grades on the season. And, uh, you know, I, at moments was, it was really, really, really fun. And at other moments was really confusing and just kind of a weird season. So I think, I think what everyone can agree on though, is that eight and five for this Jackrabbit program is no longer good enough um i think in the past there were there were times where eight and five um maybe we'd celebrate it hey we got in the playoffs um but now that we've been to the playoffs eight years in a row uh eight and five just just doesn't do it for me so
0: yeah it leaves a little sour taste and that's that's a really well put uh point you make there because i think i think as a whole though um It's kind of weird to say it like the season was salvaged but i i kind of do uh feel like tipping that the cap to the coaching staff on this one too because like you have a brand new offensive coordinator okay he's called plays before but in a completely different program he is he was the run game coordinator for us and he's offensive line coach so he has a good pulse but coach eck did a great <laughs> job did a phenomenal job this year and then he's calling plays with a backup true freshman quarterback i mean come on i i i fully believe that the uh assistant coach of the year not. I mean, I think it was well-earned. And then, um, you know, I think defensively, just having co-coordinators share responsibilities like that with what they were able to do, holding uh, Northern Iowa only to 238 total offensive yards. I mean, you hold a team to that and you don't get a win. That's really, I mean, you got to, you kind of scratch your head and, uh, you know, they did that so often this year against some quality opponents. And you're just like, you know, I mean, having us in, in the game against NDSU when <laughs> Jabory went down after, like, two offensive series, three offensive series, it's just like, I, th- I thought it was a stellar effort, uh, top to bottom, um, you know, Coach Jackson with recruiting, what they've been able to do, and not just him, but everybody uh, across the board, going into Illinois, installing pipelines, what we're doing, what you're going to touch on here in a, in a minute um, with what we're doing in uh, Missouri. All those things, man, I really think that they get a good B plus A minus for me for what they did this year. Yeah, I think that's a fair grade. So, and the only reason it's it, it's not an A, a higher grade is because the discipline, like, is really odd this year to watch this team get penalized as much as they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that so shedding light on things that can improve on that for sure because that's not typical of Jackrabbit football.
1: I think you know, the segue to recruiting right now is a, is a good one, a perfect one. Um, the coaches are out on the road doing, doing some visits, starting to see, uh, in home visits for our guys that are currently committed. I would be surprised here. Um, you know, signing day for the early period is, uh, in a week on the 18th. And so, uh, I, I don't know if we'll see anyone new, uh, verbally commit before then. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm guessing we'll take a, a handful of guys, for the the spring or the winter signing period, whatever you want to call it, now the the traditional signing day. Um, but you know, out there popping up on Twitter that coaches are in the homes, um, the athletes are 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 excited. Uh, most of these guys have been committed since June and July, and I know Jackrabbit Nation's been sweating it out on a few of them. Uh, so, <laughs> so 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 far, everyone has held. Firm in their commitment, um, and I think that's going to be the case. This class seems to be excited about one another. Um, they they're excited about joining last year's group. Um, I've heard great things about the visits, the official visits, and the two classes, the 2019 class and this 2020 class, seem to have really clicked already. Um, and they between the two. I mean, I think this goes to all the classes, but between the two, they firmly believe and are working towards bringing a, a national championship to uh, to SDSU. And it's interesting because, you know, in, in past years when I've been working on recruiting and stuff, the athletes have talked about, um, you know, how great the coaches are, how great the facilities are, all that stuff. Uh, last year's class and this year's class, the thing that they keep coming back to is this firm belief that they're going to bring a national championship to Brookings. And that's, that's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, just set stepping foot on campus again. I'm a firm believer. It's a matter of when, not if, and there's strong, strong belief within that program and for them to be able to reload and do what they've done, replacing coordinator after coordinator and, you know, star athlete after star athlete. uh, I think, you know, it, it, the proof is in the pudding, right? So if you're a recruit and, you know, you have the, the, people who are coming in late or not haven't you know really developed that personal touch of a relationship that that all the coaches at sdsu you know definitely deploy that's just in their nature that's how they want to recruit they don't sell you because if they have to sell you to convince you to come there they don't want you because you're not gonna be truly bought in um if you have to be swayed so i think that you know it's just one of those things where um, this early signing period, I think, is is good because it can kind of put some of that stuff to rest for some guys as well. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then prevent this FBS push; these mid majors coming in and saying, "Hey, do you want to come to the, you know, the bulls that we've talked about over and over ad nauseum?" Six yeah. and six team playing for a <laughs> playing for a bowl. Game. I mean, it's just yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. But you know, to each their own. If that's a better fit for you, that's a better yep. fit for you. And yep god bless you
1: yep so um you know it sounds like and, and and ben may bring this up but it sounds like going forward for jack rabbit illustrated or for the splitting hairs podcast um that that ben it wants to con that wants to talk about basketball right that's kind of the vibe you got yeah, so he's
0: he's he's feeling frisky so you know yeah. that's not my forte not even in uh, the slightest i can talk about fouling and rebounding but yeah other
1: than that <laughs> And so for next week um i'm going to be coming to you from uh with, with dan jackson um and we're going to be talking nice. about uh the class and so really excited about that um you know we may check in throughout the winter um just as things come up and maybe do a spring ball preview and a, a spring ball uh wrap and uh kind of go from there so i think you know, as as stuff comes av- as, as news comes out about you know roster additions, roster departures, uh, anything like that that may be happening, stay tuned to to the Twitter account, the Facebook page, and we'll get that information out to you as soon as we can. So, Kyle, with that, thank you for this inaugural season on the podcast. Uh, when I when you asked me if I was interested in doing this, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. Uh, at the time I was really skeptical. What do we know about podcasting? Um, But I'm glad we tried it. And uh, thank you for all your insight this year into the program. And I really look forward to, uh, to doing it again for the 2020 season.
0: Hey man, no, I really appreciate it. It's mutual on my end as well. And thanks for kind of keeping my uh, frenetic pace of speech reeled in a little bit to some degree. And Um, No, it's been exciting. I'll talk football with anyone all day, every day, especially Jackrabbit football. It's awesome that you're going to have Dan on the podcast. Tell him I said hello and uh, tell him to keep keep the the blue chips coming because if they're not blue chips on paper, they tend to, to graduate as blue chips at South Dakota State. So they're doing something right. Um, we'd love to get Justin Sell on the pod too it'd be great to interview him I know he said he's down so definitely dial that in when we can when we can lock him down uh, schedule wise and then um, yeah man this was uh, definitely just a a roll of the dice to see how this would pan out but I think it's been exciting and hopefully for the people who have enjoyed listening um, you know we continue to uh, bring some good uh, quality content to you I'm I'm confident that we will uh, in year two all right. With that, go Jacks. Run rabbits. This has been the Splitting Hairs podcast. Remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jack Rabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Luke Sellers, man. Um, he, he gets an A because there's a lot of times he made the play right um, when there really wasn't anything there. Um, Blitz pick up, run blocking. He even got a touchdown uh, to his name. Um, You know, you can second guess all you want, but bottom line, the players got to execute, right? So we just need to execute better.